Hello again, Gary Zacharias with The Apologist Bookshelf. I'm going back for another look at a huge book that, uh, amazingly enough, sold very well, which was uh, actually even surprising to the editors. It's called Theistic Evolution, and it's subtitled as A Scientific, Philosophical, and Theological Critique. So they're taking on just one way of looking at Genesis, and uh, it's split into those three areas, scientific refutation of theistic evolution, um, philosophical refutation, and finally theological refutation. So I guess we need to start just to kind of refresh what we're talking about here, and that is to take a look at what theistic evolution is. And so basically, the people who buy into it are Christians, but they are also buying into Darwinism. So they think that there is a sufficient power in an undirected mechanism that uses mutation and natural selection as a way to explain how new forms of life came about. So you started with a single cell, and then things went from there. So actually, it's a basic belief that God created the matter. Okay, so God had to be involved. He created the matter. But after that, he didn't guide. He didn't intervene. He didn't act directly to make changes in how that matter developed until all living things ended up evolving by purely natural processes. So that's theistic evolution. Notice the two words there, theistic. So God got it started, but evolution from that point on. Uh, or we might say it this way, that the big picture is that uh, theistic evolutionists believe the universe came out of nothing. That would be God. Uh, the properties of the universe seem to be precisely designed for life. And then uh, they said, we don't know what the mechanism was that brought life onto the earth, but once it arose, then evolution and natural selection allowed all the diversity, all the complexity of uh, biological organisms that we see today. And once evolution got underway, here's the key part, no special supernatural intervention was required. And people are part of this process. We share a common ancestor with the great apes. And humans uh, then d develop differently. So they, they say that God created matter, but he didn't create living creatures. And then the thing that uh, I'm going to focus on for this podcast is this idea of, was there a real Adam and Eve? Did they really exist? But even if they say, well, there was a historical Adam and Eve, theistic evolutionists don't think that they were the first human beings or that the whole human race descended from them. They claim that if you look at genetic studies, there may have been something like 10,000 people, and out of those, God selected two, Adam and Eve. And so they propose that God selected one man and one woman from the thousands that were already there, and then called the man Adam and called the woman Eve. So that's kind of their background. Okay, so let's go ahead then. I want to go to actually toward the end of the book here, and it's a chapter, give me a second, uh, 879, okay, here we go. It's a section that's uh, chapter 29, titled, Theistic Evolution is Incompatible with the Teachings of the New Testament. So we're not going to look at the science now, we're looking at the theology. So what they're talking about here is the difference between what the theistic evolutionists say about Genesis, which is that it's probably mythic, it's probably... Uh, uh, fabricated. It's a, kind of a fantasy look at the start of things. But this chapter is going to say, no, the New Testament writers thought that all of Genesis, the first 11 chapters, were f fully historical, and that Adam was a real being, and he was the first being. 
So what uh, this writer does for this chapter is he goes through references, just tons of references. I'm only going to do a few of them, but references in the New Testament where Adam and Eve show up. So, for example, in Luke 3, 38, we get the tracing of Jesus' descent, and it goes back to Adam, the son of God. Now, notice, uh, if you read that, Adam is uh, popping up among dozens of figures that the biblical writers think were historical, like Jacob and Isaac and Abraham and Noah and Seth, and then Adam, and then God. So why would you exempt Adam from this grouping as if he was not historical or some kind of mythic person? So I thought that was interesting. It says Adam is placed at the head of a linear uh, genealogical sequence. So each of the people that Luke mentions there traces his descent from Adam. And why is he doing that? Because Luke is trying to show us that Jesus is qualified to be the redeemer of all kinds of people. Luke is convicted, is just he's sure that all humans trace their descent back from one person, from Adam. Now think about this. If theistic evolution is correct, there were 10,000 individuals, Adam and Eve were picked out of those other, out of those two, out of the rest of them. But you have another 9,000 plus that are repopulating the earth as well. I should say populating the earth. So then some people can trace their, their lineage back to those others, not to Adam and Eve. Do you see the problem there? The Bible seems to indicate, if you take it historically, seems to indicate Adam and Eve were the only and the first two people. And we can all trace ourselves back to Adam and Eve. But if they were just a couple out of 10,000, then the others have descendants as well. Okay, here's another verse that they use um, in this chapter, Acts 17.26. So here's another reference in Luke's writings. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. So now notice Adam is not named there in Acts. This is that famous uh, speech of Paul uh, at the Areopagus in Athens. But Paul knows, I mean, he knows what he's talking about. He's talking about Adam. So he says that it's a universal descent of humanity from a single man. It says it. It says God made from one man every nation. So there's, there's no exception there. We can look at Romans 5, verses 12 to 21. Just as sin came into this world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, etc., etc. So Paul makes a huge comparison between Adam and Jesus. Adam is the first man. Jesus is the second man. We'll come back to that uh, verse later because uh, the author goes into more details about that. And then there's 1 Corinthians 11, 8 and 9. Man was not made from woman, but woman for man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. So, again, Paul doesn't mention their names, Adam and Eve, but they summarize the biblical account of creation. It's the idea that Eve came from Adam. So, Paul regards Adam and Eve as historical people. And he understands Eve was specially created by God from Adam. Here's another uh, section of Scripture in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 15, 20-22 and 44-49. to it's talking about the resurrection there, but it talks about Adam and Christ again. We're going to come back to that one as well. 2 Corinthians 11.3, the serpent deceived Eve. Well, that's interesting. So it sounds like Paul regards this as a, as a historical account. Satan is a historical personage, and so was Eve. So they seem to be historical people. They're, he's saying it's important to treat them as historical. 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy 2. 11 to 14, 
Let a woman learn quietly, etc., etc., for Adam was formed first, then Eve. So they have very specific details in there about Genesis, again, as historical fact, not as a parable or a myth or an allegory or any kind of figure of speech like that. So Paul is, all through his letters, he's treating the account of Genesis 1 to 3 as fully historical. Then we can go to another writer, Jude. Jude 14 says, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, and then et cetera, et cetera. So it looks pretty clear that Jude is saying Enoch descended, in fact, the seventh generation from Adam. He treats Enoch as a historical person, and since he's identified as the seventh from Adam, that seems to assume Adam's historicity as well. So, Let's, uh, let's go on here. Um, I'm going to go quickly over. If you care, you can look up some of these other references. I'm just going to, because of time, I'm going to go past them. But other texts about Genesis 1 to 11 that's, uh, that, that are in the New Testament, Matthew 1, 1, Matthew 19, 4 to 6, Matthew 23, 35, Luke 11, 51, Matthew 24, 37 to 38, Luke 17, 26 to 27, now there's Romans and there's Hebrews and there's a couple more Hebrews and a First Peter, Second Peter, First John, Jude. Good heavens! So many references to Adam and Eve, and they're all reinforcing the idea that they were real historical people. So, as a, kind of a summary of this, the New Testament writers affirm Adam and Eve. The, the author here says it's an unswerving, uncompromising commitment to the full historicity of the events of Genesis 1 to 11. Then he goes into more detail about 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul talks about the resurrection. And he says uh, the parallel that Paul is establishing between Adam and Christ shows that they're not just representative figures, they're not symbolic, but they're representative people. They're, they're representative people. I think that's hugely important. Okay, um, let me continue here. Oh, I like this part here. It says, the way Paul discusses Adam, it precludes any human ancestry that doesn't go back to Adam as the first man. He's not the 10,000th man on earth, as the theistic evolutionists might say. He is the first man. So, at least for Paul, when he speaks about Adam, he's not talking about Adam as just one historical man among 10,000. Adam is the ancestor of every human being. Okay, so let's, uh, let me, okay, I'm going to move along here because there's so much material here. Let me go toward the end of the chapter, and I think this is really uh, useful. There's a conclusion here. The New Testament authors, this author says, speak with one voice about the person and work of Adam. He was a historical individual. He wasn't mythological. He wasn't semi-historical. He was the first man specifically created by God. He's the progenitor of all of us. Everybody except Jesus descended from Adam by natural generation. Also, he's a representative man. He becomes symbolic, too. His first sin is how we ended up with a sin nature, right? We're all guilty of Adam's first sin. We're subject to death, and sin now reigns. So that all came from all of us because we're in Adam. He says, now, some proponents of theistic evolution try to reconcile modern evolutionary theory with the New Testament, but he said what they try to say is, well, Adam is a human being, but he was chosen among, from among all the other human beings. But that doesn't work very well. Uh, over and over, the theistic evolutionist refuses to affirm that biology, right, the biological descent of all human beings from ancestors, they refuse to accept that. They refuse to, to say that the sin of Adam 
brought about sin and brought evil into the human race. Also, the proponents of these uh, theistic evolutionary theories aren't dealing with the, the whole idea of sin and, and um, death. And it says we're left wondering how and why did a person become a sinner? And it says pretty vague, pretty fuzzy in the theistic evolution world. Well, I'll, I'll leave at that point, but uh, I hope you can understand what's going on here. This rejection of the history of the first part of Genesis uh, gets things pretty shaky. And uh, there are other wonderful chapters I'll get into another time that talk about the scientific reasons why theistic evolution doesn't work particularly well. But it comes down to this. This chapter focused on the fact that the New Testament writings can't be accommodated to theistic evolution unless you really twist it and you transform it in a huge way. So uh, I hope you think about this book. It's powerful. It's big. It's kind of daunting. I mean, it's a little scary because it's so big. But uh, you can skip around in it and just enjoy certain chapters if you want. Well, thanks for uh, listening, and uh, let's do this again soon. Have a good rest of your day.